Welcome to the More Tea Vicar podcast from BNA Church in Bristol with uh, me, Wayne Massey, and James Stevenson. Hi. This is hi, James. Hi. This is a podcast about culture, theology, and life. Um, if you're new to the podcast, what we do is we take something that's happening in the world around us and uh, we talk about it, and then we apply it uh, theologically. So thinking about what it means to believe in God and follow Jesus, and then mm. life. How does this apply to how we live? our everyday lives. Um, so we're looking for an in. James, you're going to bring me the in this week. Well, we talk about culture, and culture is a word in English that m- means both the way we do things around here and also culture in terms of art and actually what is um, known to be cultured and happened last night just before we recorded this was the Oscars. Oh, the Oscars, yeah. yeah. Where the host, Chris Rock... Well, no, he wasn't the host. He was only hosting oh, one. Was he, he not? I'm so sorry. No, he I, has I, hosted previously. So he, he, he made presenting a joke about Jada Pinkett Smith, didn't he? Yes, he did. And um, her, her uh, about the lack of her hair and her husband... Uh, ...objected to the joke having initially laughed at it and then got up and slapped him slapped him in front of everyone and so now we, we what will happen to them they they have carried out this act in public how will culture react to them will will they be forgiven will they have to come out and apologize for what they've done will they be cancelled on the basis of how they have behaved ah so I just do the way your eyes lit up as you said the word cancelled you want to talk about cancel culture yeah, and, and what we do when something happens and, and violence breaks out and how do we respond to that? How will they be restored? How will this act be viewed? And, and not just the violence, but there was, there was violent language around it that was presumably aired live on, on depends, television. Depends. Apparently in Australia you could hear Will Smith swearing, but NBC in the States muted it. Um, that sounds like I've been doing my research. Um, <laughs> Let, okay, let's let, let's start. Okay, let's start with cancel culture. So, so um, if you don't know what we're on about, we live in a world where if somebody does says anything offensive, that they can they are cancelled. Yeah, and, and that basically means to be cancelled is basically to be removed from yeah. sort of um, whether from circulation, from conversation, yeah. from, and and we, we we're cancelling anything and everything that offends us. So, um, J.K. Rowling has been cancelled because of her views. Uh, around transgenderism yeah. and um, and she would say speaking up for the rights of women yeah so she has been cancelled so you get yeah. things like uh, a 20th anniversary of the harry potter movies and she's not even in no she's not even there because she's been cancelled and, and she's <coughs> cancelled to the point where she's referred to by putin who is himself yeah. being cancelled by the yeah. west so, as so, somebody uh, who is being cancelled so uh, yeah so i'll be cancelled i'll be cancelled um so here in bristol we cancelled edward colson we threw his statue mm. in the river yeah. but also in jesus college cambridge they've tried to you know um, remove a, um, a memorial to somebody who had invested in the slave trade and it's uh, and but the thing behind the council what council culture does is if there's something that is wrong or offensive it by removing it uh, i deal with it now yeah does that work james no why not <laughs> because it's still there yeah it's so just out of sight out of mind it's more comfortable for us to um to carry on as if it had never happened so 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 quickly racing through um a few things uh so we can try and cancel putin but because he's um got a massive army he kind of is, you know, he's yeah, refusing to be cancelled. Yeah. Um, we, you know, you can try and cancel J.K. Rowling, um, but actually she hasn't stopped speaking her mind. Yeah. And so, you know, um, so the only way, you know, Twitter tried to 
cancel Donald Trump by removing him from Twitter, but actually he's still speaking yeah. his mind. Yeah. So, so you can cancel something, but actually in order for it to truly work, um, that which you have cancelled has got to agree and go, yeah, I've been cancelled, I'm going to go away. And quite often that doesn't happen. And there, there is a, um, there's something behind it that has to be acknowledged as healthy in that um, it, within the narrative of scripture, there is an extent to which um, all rebellion against God must one day come under his lordship. So the desire for um, for wrong to be righted in such a way that we can all live under what is right and good is something that is set in us by God. It's just that our sin and our wrong desires mean that instead of what what is good and noble being where we're ending up, we're several degrees away from that in our orientation. And so we end up cancelling things that and, and doing things that aren't necessarily right. And we, we fix our, our ethics by our own sin and not by God's design. Yeah, so by having, um, <clears throat> by having a whole range of things that we disapprove of, when we, when we point the finger at them or when we cancel them, we, we are loading the blame yeah. there. Yeah. And we are not taking uh, any responsibility for what might have happened to get us there. So, for example, let's use the Chris Rock one. He made a joke yeah. at the expense of Will Smith's wife about her alopecia so he yeah. made a joke about something that she's not chosen so she's shaved her head yeah. she, it's not a she's not it's not a style choice it's she has alopecia so she's chosen to shave her head so so he made a joke ab about her that had something to do that she's got that she's suffering from and she has no choice over mm. um five years ago in the same thing at the oscars he made he made a he made a, a very rude joke about will smith and his wife about their non-attendance at the oscars which was really really rude um, actually, interesting enough, funnier, mm. and he was allowed to because it was about a choice that they had made. Yeah, uh, and and that's the difference. I think if you think back to Ricky Gervais in the Golden Globes and some of his jokes, which mm. are really close to the bone, he, I think I'm right in reading that Gervais says, "I'll never, I'll, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't make a joke about something about somebody that they've that uh, they're a kind of like a victim of or yeah. that they haven't chosen, but I would make yeah. a joke about." choices they make um, yeah. he said and in that point i don't mind how close i get so there's um to that and and so 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 there's this aspect of where i'm going with this one is is there's a whole culture now growing up around these award ceremonies where they're no longer deferential they're all about the term is roasting mm. uh, and so actually what a guy probably overstepped the line last night in making a joke a guy no definitely did a guy overstepped the line in terms of how he responded mm. to the joke. But actually, if we choose to kind of either cancel Will Smith for hitting Chris Rock or cancel Chris Rock for making a wrong joke and don't go, but what did we all do to get to the stage where somebody will come out at the Oscars and make a joke about somebody's hair like yeah. this? Yeah, yeah. You know, it, and that's that's what you're trying to... That's I mean, that's, sorry, I've taken a long time to get there, but it's a sense that by cancelling them, we don't have to deal with how we got there. Yes. And so when we, when we look at... Um, cancel culture the temptation is to l look at it and, and I think I'm guilty of this and to look at it as this culture that is out there that other people do 
um, rather than thinking about how we are involved in it. So actually, I was convicted um, by a conversation I had with um, a member of our congregation on the weekend about the war in Ukraine and how I was potentially guilty at times of presenting this as, as clearly the good guys and the bad guys and, and actually um, thinking, beginning to think about it from a, a, our perspective. How would, how would we feel um, if um, Wales declared independence from England um, and uh, if uh, China then decided to put um, nuclear weapons in Wales? We'd probably feel slightly differently uh, about Wales than we do now. Uh, and uh, and that isn't an exact allegory for what's happened in, in Ukraine. But it, it is to say that we are capable of inherit, in, inhabiting a narrative around what's going on in the Ukraine and to see it solely as the good guys and the bad guys and, and not to see that actually there's, there's a little bit more nuance in it than is typically told in the news. So there was uh, a and, deal, and there was, there was a... I'm doing this in inverted commas, but there was an agreement slash deal done in and around the fall of the Berlin Wall and the breakup of the um, the Warsaw Pact yeah. countries that NATO, which existed to protect the West from Russia and Russia's allies, wouldn't expand east. Yeah, that was a deal that was done between Gorbachev and Reagan and and others. Yeah. And actually, NATO has expanded east. Yeah. So, so this is not. I'm not condoning anything about no, 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 Russian no. aggression. But I am saying, you know, yeah. As in, if you go and park your tanks on the next door neighbor's lawn, don't 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 get surprised when the next door neighbor gets a bit jumpy. Exactly. And so it's it's. Um, I guess what I'm saying is that there's this thing going on in culture called cancel culture that's easy for us to say well haha we're christians we don't believe in cancel culture but actually when we look at situations and we see them as black and white rather than with an element of nuance um then we when we when we continue the narrative as black and white we give permission for other people to load their their cancel their cancelling ambitions onto that narrative rather than seeing actually it, maybe it's a little bit more subtle than that. And and actually seeing ourselves and our, our own brokenness, our own sin, um, uh, as com- complicit in, in these narratives that make for good and bad. So my... In my sin, I am hardwired to um, to think of myself as as not having done anything wrong, ironically, even though it's in my sin, and to point the finger at other people and to um, to to load the blame elsewhere. So when we were talking about this, you <coughs> excuse my cough. You, you talked about scapegoating, which, yeah. talk, which is we love we love as a culture to scapegoat. So we scapegoat and cancel. Uh, and when we scapegoat somebody, we go, "This thing's all gone wrong." There's a scapegoat. They're going to take all the responsibility yeah. for this. And in taking all the responsibility for it, we're all scot free. Now I'm, I'm going to bring uh, Roy Keane. If you don't know who Roy Keane is, Roy Keane used to play for Manchester United and um, is now a kind of Sky Sports pundit and is well known for being basically the grumpiest. Mm. pundit on tv um but but there's this whole thing that like if 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 a football team is struggling you sack the manager yeah and united have been through an awful lot of managers in recent years and they keep sacking the managers and Keane keeps making the point that it's not really the manager it's basically the players are letting the manager down yeah. and that the players are responsible it's the same set of players who are responsible yeah, yeah but every time it goes wrong it's not the players who lose their jobs it's the manager and so we live in a world where we go, well, let's scapegoat somebody. And that means we can cancel them, we can load the blame on them, and then we can think everything's all right. Yeah. But the interesting thing is the idea of the scapegoat 
comes from the book of Leviticus in the Old yeah. Testament and something called the Day of Atonement, which is one day a year when the Jewish people would set themselves right as a whole people before God. Uh, and <coughs> it was led by the great the high priest. Mm. And the first thing the high priest had to do was the high priest, in order to go through the act of atonement, had to deal with their sin mm. so that they had they they had put themselves right before God. And then there were a couple they, there were these two <laughs> I felt for this put two goats chosen. Excuse <coughs> excuse my frog in my throat. Two goats chosen. Neither goat is gonna come out of this very <laughs> well. But then they had uh, by lots, there were these two goats chosen, and then by lots one lo- one goat was offered up as a blood sacrifice and the other one became the scapegoat goat. And the blood sacrifice goat is, is offered up, his blood is given up and uh, and is put around the altar in the temple. Uh, and that's part of the kind of the ritual of um, of dealing with the sins. But then the priest who's dealt with his own sins goes and he lays both his hands on the other, the other goat's going, oh, I haven't been killed. <laughs> Life must be great. Lays his hands on the head of this other goat and, and says a prayer in which he basically lays on top of this poor goat all the sins of all of the people of Israel, and then they say, right off into the wilderness you go, be gone. Mm. Uh, and uh, the, the idea is, I presume that the goat just goes off and dies, but taking the sins of the people with them. Mm. And so the scapegoat takes the sins of the people, but the people know that it's their sin. Mm. And so when we in our culture cancel and we talk about scapegoating, we don't have this theological understanding that the scapegoat is taking our sin. So when we go, oh, Matt Hancock, or oh, Chris Rock, or oh, J.K. Rowling, yeah. we, we think it's all about them and what they've done wrong, yeah. when actually it's about us and what we've done wrong. Yeah, yeah. Oh. So we, we, we look at Chris Rock and we look at Will Smith and we go, oh, how could they do that? How could they ruin the Oscars in this way rather than thinking, oh, Actually, have I ever made a bad have taste I ever joke? made a bad taste joke? Have I ever carried anger? Because Jesus doesn't distinguish between emotion and action when he talks about yeah. anger. Have have I ever had held anger towards somebody else in my heart? Oh, Pants. yes, I have. <laughs> so actually, I can't say well that's just them behaving badly. That is part of what it means for us all to be part of a disordered rebellion against God for us to carry sin in our hearts that actually when it comes together collectively Augustine would say well that's a worldly rebellion against God that actually is in consent with darkness and the forces of darkness and all rebellion against God that is headed up by the devil and so there is this threefold order a disorder of of rebellion against God that we all consent in and the only one who did not consent in it is Jesus. Mm. Who, Tim Keller, if he was here, would say is our true and better scapegoat. Because? The sins of all of the world, for all of the time, not just for, a, for one year, were laid upon him. Mm. Um, and he took them to the cross mm. um, outside of the walls of the city in the wilderness, as it mm. were. And so Jesus is, our, Jesus is the true scapegoat. He is the one on whom all the cosmic disorder of this world mm. is laid upon. So you said you're rebelling against sin, the world, and the devil. Mm. So actually the devil's rebellion, the brokenness mm. of the world, your and my individual sin, mm. the systemic sin of society and culture, mm. all of that goes to the cross and goes to that scapegoat. But unlike the scapegoat that dies in the wilderness and you need another one next year, this scapegoat defeats death, 
defeats cosmic disorder, mm. rises to new life, and then says, would you, and that now that your sins have been laid upon mm. me, can I lay my life upon mm. you? And when we understand that, it brings about in us um, a humility and a, and a gratitude um, that, that means that we know that we're loved. As, as Tim Keller would say, there's, there's, um, it, we, we're more loved than we would ever know, but we're more wicked than we would ever want to admit. And, and, and so we, w- with that dual recognition, we, we can't then um, cancel others. We can't then... Um, judge others as somehow lower than us um, because we know that he came for us and we needed him. But we also know that we have something for them as God has something for us which can transform them. And so, uh, uh, you know, as we bring this into land, our our hope and prayer is that as we look at the situation as it unfolds in Ukraine is, is not as peace talks emerge that somehow Putin and Zelensky would would find a way to negotiate some kind of um, peace agreement that enables them to inhabit their respective spaces without losing too much face, but that actually the Prince of Peace encounters them both and the people with them uh, so that actually um, wounds can be addressed and healed and we don't just have to live with a sense of negotiating about where tanks can be and where nuclear warheads can and can't be, but that people are able to live alongside each other in peace. Uh, and that vision of, of what life in the kingdom and what life under Jesus can be like begins with his followers understanding it and understanding how much we need his grace and, and therefore how we can't look at others and want to cancel them. Yeah, I'm, I don't have to agree with you, but I definitely should never cancel you. Mm. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Morty Vicar. We hope it's helped you think about what it means to follow Jesus and to live as a disciple of his in this world.